Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of I'm Anxious About. Uh, you'll have your normal intro in a minute, but um, I just wanted to let you know and pop in here really quickly to let you know that for one reason or another, the audio quality isn't perfect on this episode, especially on my recording. I think the mic was up too high. Anyways, um, just letting you know that uh, we're striving to get better each and every episode. You know, As you would know if you've been listening, we were nervous about this uh, in the first place. But uh, we're trying our best here and, and just letting you know that we've recorded a few episodes now and this is the only one that we kind of feel is a little iffy on the on the recording. So we apologize for that and uh, we'll do our best to make sure it doesn't happen again. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We appreciate it and I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about the beach. this is our topic because right now I would give just about anything to be on a beach right now. Currently, it looks like a big improvement over lockdown. But in general, in non-pandemic situations, I get a little bit anxious about going to the beach. And by that, I don't necessarily mean that I hate going to the beach. But yeah, sometimes I have some problems with the beach. Yeah, I know. I think it's just kind of a a little bit of a fun topic to to talk about at this time. I, I, we for for us a little behind the scenes action for for people. You know, we we have a large list of topics that we know we're going to cover in due time, but an alarming amount of them just tied a little too closely to um to the whole coronavirus thing. So we were looking to we we're looking to be one of those podcast that provided a bit of a reprieve um, and uh, and didn't just talk about that the whole time. And so the beach seemed like a good topic where we could talk about some legitimate anxieties or, or things that both of us kind of have or feel towards the beach without only focusing on coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, we were looking down our list of things and it's like, Public transportation? Nope. Can't do that now. Flying. <laughs> uh, crowd. Crowd. Definitely afraid of that now. Flying. Definitely afraid of that now. So, yeah, like we said, we are definitely probably similar to you feeling overwhelmed by the sheer onslaught of pandemic news that comes out each day. And I think that there is a balance, especially for people with anxiety, of staying informed and then being hyper plugged in and just like reeling, like uh, ramping yourself up, going all crazy for no reason because there's actually nothing you can do to control what you're what's happening. So we are trying to be a reprieve from it, but also we're acknowledging the realities of where we are right now, which I am currently on lockdown in Sofia, Bulgaria, and Chris, you're in uh, Toronto, eh? Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I sure am. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, my feeling is, uh, we're going to remain in those respective lockdown positions for quite some time. But, you know, to, to your point, I think that, uh, I mean, I can, I guess I can speak for myself when I mentioned that I'm an avid podcast listener. And at this point, I'm just going to, lo I'm looking at any episode which doesn't cover coronavirus right now. And I'm just, I'm listening to them. I'm consuming that material because uh, otherwise it's just a little too much to handle. So I think, you know, in the spirit of trying to be a, a podcast that's um, providing, uh, lifting people up a little bit, providing a little bit of uh, hopefully you know, a smile or two and, and keeping things pretty, pretty fun and light. Um, I, I don't think we need to go down the rabbit hole that all of us are already at the bottom of. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Speaking of bottom, uh, on a scale of one to falling apart at the seams, how are you feeling today? It's a good question. I think it changes by the minute and hour, but uh, at this moment, feeling pretty good because I have been excited all day to, to record this podcast, to be honest. So I feel pretty good about that. On a more broad scale, I think I'm just kind of regularly... Um, playing with the the scales of my of my natural person as far as like I like to be a positive person I like to be optimistic but I also need to accept that this is a little bit of a struggle for me because I like to be out I like to be moving I don't like to be restricted so I think it's it's probably fair to say that I would say I'm about um as, as if we're going with one to falling apart of the seams I'm probably about a four I, I don't feel like I'm close to falling apart but at the same time too I don't think I'm my uh Number one best self, but I will say I'm uh, I'm meditating a lot. I have my longest meditation streak I've ever had going right now. I'm actually anxious about meditation, so let's put that on the docket for a future episode. That's a future episode. I'm adding that to our list right now. Um, but I think for me, um, I guess the way I would the, the what I would put it as is that I'm under the circumstances. I think I'm doing fairly well. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say four. The seams are in. Uh, intact. How about yourself? Uh, so I think about the same for me. I had my heart set on a four because, you know, anxious people need to prepare before everything. So like I had already sort of looked over like, you know, our, our format and I'm like, okay, my number today is four and then five minutes. And I was like getting ready to give you an update about uh, how potty training our dog is going because that was stressing me out a little bit last week. And then literally five minutes before we get on this uh, this call, he pees all over the bathroom floor. So first accident in a week. So good timing for that. And now I'm like, hmm, am I still a four? Do I have to pick a new number now? And now I'm getting a little anxious about picking a new number. But I think I'm actually still a four. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't set me back that far. It was slightly stressful because we were really proud of how we were all doing. But at the same time, uh, we got to be realistic that he's an eight-year-old dog who's never had a home. So he's doing quite well. So I'm happy about that. And uh, yeah, overall, tons of ups and downs. Yesterday was like a super down day, just like no energy, no motivation. I felt like I was asleep half the day. I had like several nap fake outs, you know, like where you like go and you're so tired <laughs> and you think you need to nap, but then you just like lie there then you just can't sleep and you just fake yourself out. Um, I had several of those yesterday, which was a frustrating experience. Um, but today I feel more at ease, more chill. So I'm going to do a four as well today. 
Nice. Yeah, I will take that. I think a four is, is, is good stuff. And I'm pretty excited about our topic today, which is the beach, because I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to talk about. And I have my own feelings about it. And those feelings have changed over time too. So I want to, I want to talk about the, the evolution of my, of the, the way that I relate to the beach and all of this fun stuff. Um, but before we get started, um, we always just like to mention that you know, if you're coming here to uh, commiserate with us, fantastic. But uh, we are not doctors. We are not anything more than really people who like to talk a fair bit to each other and, and hope that resonates with people. Fair to say? Yes. Yeah. We aren't here to help. We're just here to commiserate. So uh, we wish we could help you, but we're learning how to help ourselves one day at a time. And so this is just a chat between friends uh that's all yeah and if it helps if it helps okay great (laughs) goodbye (laughs) so let's uh let's let's um i've been waiting for this one all day by the way let's dive in oh Uh, (laughs) where where do you have your little list of segues is it like you know what or was it just just popped into your head that came to me that came to me um it rose to the surface that one wow Um, just bubbled right up to <laughs> we are on a roll. Yeah, I actually didn't write that one down. I do have a list of things to write down because, as with you, the the over preparation thing is real. Yeah, I started to get, um, I would say, heavily stressed around twelve thirty that I didn't have everything in order. So then I created that little list on the Google Doc, which I pointed to before, which I'm sure is both helping us now. Yes. Um. And um. Yeah. So, so I, so that the, I don't have it written down. Those things came to me naturally, but I'm still proud of myself. Well, tell yourself off, Chris. I don't think that actually worked right there, but I just, that came to me and then I just had to use it. So, (laughs) (laughs) so let's, uh, so let's get rolling on this. So tell me, (laughs) tell me what, you know, you have, you have some anxieties about the beach. I do too. Let's, let's get rolling with this. How are you feeling about it? What, 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 how does it make you feel generally? Just, just start rolling. Okay. So there are several factors. Um, one being that I am ghastly pale and the threat <laughs> of the sun is real. Um, I am melanin challenged, as I like to say. And um, the, there's just a constant battle of putting sunscreen on constantly and not forgetting and not missing a spot and like reapplying at like the perfect time. Like you can't reapply after you've just come out of the water because you're too wet. So then you have to dry off a little bit and then reapply, but then you don't want to go back in the water right away. Right. Because then when you come back out, you got to reapply all over again. And so just the whole sunscreen aspect of like applying, reapplying. And then like, I travel alone quite a bit. And, uh, then it's like, well, if I'm traveling alone, like, how am I going to get sunscreen on my back? You know? And then that becomes a big issue and I'm not going to ask someone. So I'm just going to suffer like third degree burns on my back, I guess. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I just, the sunscreen issue, I know it sounds like really small, but it is something that has always given me a bit of anxiety about the beach because, Ever since I was young, I mean, blame my parents. They were not very good at uh, <laughs> reapplying sunscreen. And I have several terrifying lobster photos of my youth to prove it. <laughs> and um, 
I don't know. There have been times where just like for like two weeks, I was baked red like a lobster. Like this one time in Colombia, I was bright red for weeks. And I get such severe tan lines from those burns that it's like I become two different people almost. Like I have like a half brown me and then a pale me. And uh, sometimes those like weird zebra stripes, although they aren't really zebra stripes because they're just like whole slabs of body, will be just like different colors for like an entire season or more. And so the stress of managing sun protection is... uh, it's real. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I actually had, had underlined sunscreen because I, I, I have a thing about like how things feel. Like when I was a kid before I would go off to school, like my parents would have like five to six pairs of socks out just in case one of them was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a thing about like how things feel. I don't know. I, th- I don't know sure if that's like a common like childhood ADHD thing. I'm not really sure. Honestly, I have that. I have that now. Like, I can't wear tights. Like, I refuse to wear tights. Um, they feel horrible. I don't like tags. Tags itch me. And I have a thing about like things being like really close on my neck. Uh, it totally activates my anxiety, and I feel like I can't breathe. And there are a couple other things like that. Like, I have. I'm very like. I think a lot of people with anxiety are very like attuned to their senses because like at any minute we're like prepared for like alarm bells to go <laughs> off, like psychologically. And, uh, so I think, uh, I totally relate to the hypersensitivity yeah. to clothing and, and that sort of thing. It's, I don't know. The other thing too, is when I was a teenager, um, I had a pimple or two in my life and um, we all know that sunscreen's not great for the, for the acne situation. So I think I got a little freaked out with that situation as well. So I just, I always had this disdain for a sunscreen, but then I met Brie. Um, we're in episode two. I think I've mentioned Brie before, but if I haven't, she's my wife and uh, she's great with sun safety. So I've become better at understanding that actually the the downside of of anything that could happen because I was wearing too much sunscreen um, is not as bad as whatever could happen if I wasn't wearing the appropriate amount of sunscreen. So that's what that's the way I've come to terms with things. That ultimately, the wearing of the sunscreen, you know, it's 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 going to be better in the end with with the sunscreen. You know. Yeah, exactly. I don't mind the feeling of sunscreen. I just hate. The like the mental scheduling of applications and subsequent a- applications because that was really like when I turned. To, I used to think if I go to the beach, I'm going to get burned, and there's just no way around it, and then I'm just going to be miserable for a week. And then I learned about how often you actually have to reapply, like after coming out of the water and toweling off and all that, even if it says water resistant. And so I learned about that, but then it's like I became hyper vigilant about like constantly reapplying and reapplying. And, uh, it just takes a little bit of the fun out of it. If you like practically have to put a timer on your phone to be like a 90 minutes, I must reapply (laughs) or the burning commences. (laughs) So, um, but then I also discovered that paying for, uh, umbrellas and beach chairs is a fabulous investment as well. And that Mm -hmm. also helped sincere, sincerely. No, no, uh, That has helped dramatically with dramatically, yeah. That has helped dramatically with uh, avoiding sunburns, like I used to get. So this is this is the moment where we are going to be able to help with these little tidbits along the way. Um, so I think you, if you're listening, you need to underline and circle 
um, even though it was just, uh, you just listen to it and can't do that. But I think you need to underline and circle mentally the chair as an umbrella because it totally changes the experience. Because when I was a kid, I, my, the reason I didn't love the beach because I didn't know what to do on the beach. I couldn't like carve out my place on the beach, but it turns out if you go with a group of friends, perhaps a couple of beers, you know, a little bit of food, you have a cooler, you have like a couple of umbrellas and chairs, then you, you're kind of like building your own little village there. And it's, um, you have coverage from the sun. Like that's a game changer. It is a game changer. And I think going to the beach with friends definitely makes it a lot more enjoyable. A lot of my anxieties come from like being a frequent solo beachgoer. So like I have different experiences that I can, different facets of the anxiety, different, quite a few anxieties about the beach. Like one thing that really sucks about going to the beach alone, besides the like lack of sunscreen, it's like, well, what do you do with your stuff? You know, like Mm. there's no one there to watch it. And uh, you just kind of have to like either bring nothing except like your key, I suppose, or like bring a lot of stuff and just keep an eye on it and just hope for the best or like bury it. I don't really know. You know, (laughs) it's just like, there's not really a great answer to what you're supposed to do. I mean, maybe if more beaches had like lockers, that would be a good solution, but like not a lot of places have that. So um, when I have gone to the beach alone, it's always like, okay, let me bring absolutely nothing. And then I'll go into the water for 20 or 30 minutes. And then I'm like, well, I don't have my phone with me. So I'm bored now. And, uh, that's a problem <laughs> because I cannot sit still with my thoughts and just be bored somewhere pretty. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, Oh, time to go to where the phone is. So, uh, <laughs> see, this is, this is, that is my central anxiety of the beach is I'm terrified of, uh, boredom and like stillness and the thought of just like lying there, um, you know, in the waves of my own thoughts is like, is, is like really, I don't know, it's, can be a little anxiety inducing. I even music doesn't even really cut it for me. I have to be listening to podcasts and generally I try to make sure that like, they're not like productivity podcasts so that I can at least pretend I'm relaxing, but uh, it's the struggle is real. It's like, I have this grave tug of war in my mind of like, it's, it's all, everything with me is very mapped out. So like in my head, if I'm not being productive and listening to productivity podcasts, I'm listening to podcasts, which aren't productive so that I can relax and be productive later. But it's all part of, it's all part of a grand <laughs> scheme. Um, so in a sense, because I'm intentionally relaxing, it's not all that relaxing. Um, yeah. So that's, so there's that. Yeah, I relate hardcore to the boredom aspect of the beach and not knowing what to do with myself there. Like, I will bring a book and that'll keep me entertained for a bit. But then inevitably, like, you know, you don't want to read the book for a while or you you go into the water and then you don't want to get the pages wet. Or like, if you have like a Kindle, the thing is too bright and you can't get the right brightness for the light. So then eventually, like, 
reading becomes difficult. And then, yeah, listening to music doesn't do it for me either. Podcasts, podcasts can distract me enough because I just feel like I'm eavesdropping on someone's conversation and that, and <laughs> like, I enjoy that immensely. So I can sit there listening to a couple of podcasts for a while. But then I do also feel like if I'm not there with like a group of people who are like, I don't know, organizing activities, I, I don't even know what beach activities one would organize because I can never amass a crew to go to the beach. But like, <laughs> I don't know if there were activities going on. I'm sure I would be like enjoying like beach volleyball or something because I'm like competitive and get into that kind of stuff. But you know, if it's just like me and a friend sitting on the beach relaxing, um, yeah, I can relax for about 15 minutes. And then I'm like, okay, my mind needs something to do. Okay. Book time. Oh, book time's over. Okay, now I need to either nap or drink or leave. Yep. Yeah. And I can't nap, so for me it's like drink or leave. However, I mean, I think i got to put a few positive check marks in the drinking at the beach category. Um, yeah, that's a game changer. Super, super fun. Super fun. And... I don't know if someone's got like the right music on, you kind of feel like you're part of like a really good sitcom for a few minutes. You know, it's like the music's going, the sun's shining and you're like, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Now I have learned in my older age that you will pay for this four hours later when you arrive back in the dim place that you're staying and you're pretty fatigued, but I would still say worth it. Yeah. I'm going to heartily disagree with you on other people's music at the beach though. No, your own music, uh, that's not a other no. people's music. It has to be your own. Okay. Okay. So your own music. Yes. Other people's music is a hard pass from me. It's extremely rare that I enjoy other people's taste in music. And I don't think I'm like particularly snobby about music or even particularly particular, but apparently when I'm on the beach, I'm a real, I'm a real snob. I'm like, no, that's not the right tune for this moment. (laughs) Turn it off. But I mean, there is a certain beach culture, right? Where it's like people will play, the la- like it's it's not even for them anymore. It's like the loudest possible volume, and it's always like it, it somehow always comes back to Sean Paul, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and then like and then you go down that rabbit hole, um, and that can be difficult. And you're you're like sometimes I'll be like trying to read some some book. It's like it's like Kierkegaard or something like that, and all I hear is like Sean Paul, time to give it up, and I'm like. I don't, I can't do this. This is just, we're at odds. <laughs> Chris, I think I've solved your problem. You're reading Kierkegaard at the beach. That's the <laughs> issue here. No, you need, okay. So like, I feel you because I was a literature major. So at one point in my life, I had a list of like what all the classic books were. And I was like, I need to make it through this list. And I would, you know, download on my Kindle, like War and Peace and all these things that I knew that I had to like as an English studying person. And I pretty much like stopped reading for several years because the pressure of like these books that I knew I had to read that I didn't really want to read, like I'm not really interested in very many books that happened pre 1800s. And so I was like, you know what? I want to read more this year and I'm going to give myself permission to read like total filth. Like, and so I started with like, like filth light, like uh gone girl, you know, like thrillers, psychological thrillers. Um, but yeah, I, I will just read anything. It's like, Oh, there's a dead husband. 
Gonna read it. <laughs> oh, woman, woman, woman's in a mysterious coma. Perfect for the beach. So I think you just need some dumber reading for the beach. Like you need some okay. like some light psychological thrillers. So I will, I will never, um, I will never venture into filth or filth light. Just because um, I have an anxiety-inducing reading list that it doesn't have to be Kierkegaard, but there's plenty of things which are, I guess, my own version of filth light that I can contend with that that are more beach appropriate. I think the last time I was at the beach was in Mexico in in March. Of course, I'm cherishing that memory now because I can't go anywhere. Yeah, real humble brag there. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that one's nice. <laughs> um, and I was reading a book called Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics, <laughs> and. Yeah. That one's fun. I yeah, actually so want to it, read that book. It is, it is good. I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit because it takes a lot of the, uh, like pompous sort of elevated, like, medita- uh, out of meditation and just makes it more about, like, you're just your own experience. Um, just kind of looking, looking in and, and I'm actually enjoying it a lot. But I, I read, so I'll read something like that. Um, usually I'll bring, Bree makes fun of me, but I'll bring three to five books to the beach because I never know where I'm going to end up mentally and what I want to read. But I'll I'll have one book in there that's not, you know, I'll make sure it's not Kierkegaard, or I'll make sure it's not uh, like I'll I'll maybe I'll have like a Vonnegut and 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 a few other things going on. But like to put it in perspective, the library, the Toronto Public Library closed, and I and I can't remember if I mentioned this last episode, but the Toronto public library closed and I was fortunate to have 17 books out that I don't know when I have to return. So that's, um, that puts in perspective. I, I try to read about 70 books a year and, but like, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit cheater in that. Like, for example, I was just reading a collection of short stories by John Uptake. I read like four or five stories from the collection. And then I was like, I think I'm good. Um, yeah, if I if I'm like I'll, I'll rate that on Goodreads, but I'll I'll put it. I have a a folder called Not Quite Cover to Cover, so that gives you the depth of wow. You have you have folders for I have yeah for I your, have like entrepreneurial folders. I have like folders for books I don't quite finish. Folders for my favorites. Yeah, it's pretty extensive. Um, yeah. yeah, I would like to see like a YouTube video of like all your folders and organization systems. <laughs> But like that, might be oh, I know it would be. It would be like a little bit of psychological warfare on you. So. But I, mean, I think it's it's it's, curious, it's likely that that tangent probably caused someone to be like, "This makes me like listening to you tell me about the way you approach reading makes me anxious." You could have been like, "Yeah, Chris, <laughs> you should really read some filler, filth light," and I could have said like, "Yeah, totally," but instead, I took I took a left. <laughs> And I was like, let me tell you about reading. Um, let me tell you about my folders. <laughs> I want I want you to come into my folders. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with reading. I'm getting better with all of that. I read more more widely now. and it, But I love, I mean, look, in all actuality, reading is my happy place. So I love, part of the reason I do like the beach is because it's like, it's. Uh, I read kind of every night before I go to sleep. And I, I haven't really figured out that many other places I can fit reading into other than traveling or in the process of traveling. So I can appreciate a place like the beach where reading is one of the activities, which is like in the top three, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy we went down that rabbit hole. So that's one thing personally that I love about the beach, I guess would be you, you, you are able to read in the beach, uh, read on the beach. I should say the other thing that I'm kind of all about is like, 
I love playing in the waves. Like there's something about being in the water for me that I feel like a kid again. It's extremely like, rejuvenating. I, every time I go in the water, I'm, I like bounce around the waves and I come back and Brie makes fun of me for being a man child, um, <laughs> which is partially true on the beach. Like I'm unapologetically like a, like I basically like a dolphin man. Uh, I just kind of jump into the waves and play in the water for inexplicable amounts of time. Um, do you, how do you feel about in the water, playing in the water, or me being a man-child in the waves? I wish I could be a child in the waves. Uh, I was going to say man-child in the waves, but then <laughs> I got a little... Whew. All right. So I, um, I wish I liked playing in the waves, but... There's just always something that goes wrong, usually in the form of like water in the nose, which is like probably like top 10 least favorite sensations. Or swallowing Um, salt water? Yeah, yeah. Swallowing salt water and salt water in the nose. Like when the salt water just like goes up, like it hits you in the face and some goes in your nose or like you dive in and then you come back up and then there's salt water in your nose. Um. I had one experience when I was eight years old where like I swallowed like way, way, way too much seawater and I vomited up like the most bright orange vomit you could ever imagine. (laughs) And so I think that was somewhat scarred me. It makes me feel like the salt water is like that much worse. Like obviously I know you're not supposed to drink it. I guess it feels more harrowing when I get hit by a wave and there's like salt water in my nose and stuff. I really don't like it. Uh, other things I don't like, I don't like the seaweed. If there's seaweed and it's like wrapping around my legs, freaks me out. Um, rocks. If like there has to be a decent rock situation, not too many rocks. I prefer some sand and uh, not too strong of waves. And also, I only really want to be out there for about 15 minutes at a time because then I get bored. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think 15 minutes is about my threshold for the um, sort of the man-child play. <laughs> but I, it's, but it is a thrilling 15 minutes yeah. for me. Yeah. I'll, I'll often, you know, follow the waves and I'll dive into them. And um, it's nice. I actually, just anxiety in general, I actually love putting myself in positions where I can't access my phone or I can't. Um, be distracted. I have to be like fully immersed in situations. So that, that's why I love sports. Like I love playing hockey, for example, because there is no, at no point am I craving being somewhere else, doing something else, checking my phone or whatever. So I actually, being in the waves for me partially is like that 15 minute escape where it's like, no matter how much I might want to, like I just can't. And then I, I, I kind of get like a, a, um, a nice separation from that, from kind of like a, a, a feeling that nobody could reach me even if they wanted to. And there's like an exhilaration in that. Yeah, that is kind of nice. I have some slight feeling of panic also associated with not being near my phone, but it is overall a nice feeling when you realize, wow, like I've been managing to do things without my phone for a long time. And that's why like I've been getting, more into like exercising and uh, other things during this quarantine time because it's like, otherwise it's just, it's either big internet or tiny internet, you know, that's either internet on the phone or laptop, <laughs> like, and it's one thing that's uh, different. So I do understand that, but I don't know. I just get kind of bored. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Like, am I supposed to 
what am I supposed to do with my hands? Am I supposed to go under? Like, you know, I just sort of feel like I don't really know what all the options are. And also, <laughs> the other thing is like, <laughs> I'm a, a total baby about the water temperature. I don't like water that's too cold. I really, and as a Canadian, you're probably like, as long as it's not ice, it's fine. But I really don't want to go into water unless it's basically tropical or it's over 100 Fahrenheit out and I'm burning so much that I just need to be in the water and then I'll get in the water no matter what. But uh, I am not all about like that sort of like middle of the road water. I just won't get in. I'll just dip my toes in and then depart. Yeah. When water's bath water too, I mean, that's terrible too, right? When it's like, it's scorching out and you're like, oh, the sweet, refreshing water. Oh, and it's a bath. Like that is, you you prefer the bath or the cold? Uh, it's never like that all the way though. You know what I mean? There's like, it can be like that, like on the really, you know, the very start of the shore. But if you go far enough out, it's never like total bath water everywhere. So I will take a cold lake over anything. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. It's, no, is no, our, no. Is this where our partnership ends, do you think? With It, it might be. It might be. I mean, the next thing you say, you're going to be like, I love to show up at the cold lake with a cooler full of bananas and uh, play some Nickelback with all my friends. And then, <laughs> and then I will really depart. <laughs> Well, I think that, I mean, for me, that just kind of goes without saying, every time you jump into cold water, you need a cooler full of bananas, right? Because of the, um, uh-huh. because of the lack of potassium, um, that the water, uh, cold lake water, uh, seeps out of you. That's a thing. Um, that's a, definitely a thing. And because the- you know, coconuts have more potassium and aren't disgusting. <laughs> Do you know what though? Um, uh, it's been a tradition since I was a young man to have the cooler of bananas. Um, and then we'll jump into the cold lake water and then, of course, dangle our feet into the seaweed. And then we cheer our respective bananas and say, for Allison. <laughs> so earlier I was psychologically tormenting you by forcing you to do a YouTube video about your pop, your folders. And I'm now sensing that this is your revenge on me. <laughs> I couldn't resist, but I do it all. Actually, I do like cold water because I feel like it, um, it kind of snaps me out of whatever zone I'm in. So if I wake up a little bit hungover, a little bit anxious, a little bit out of it, I feel like for me, cold water is the refresh button. Are you a cold shower person? No, I'm not a cold shower person, but I'm okay. but I'm getting like I'm starting to experiment with the idea of it. But this here's like No, no, Chris. I know, I know, I know. No. Here's the thing. It's like I'm so I'm into meditation now and this kind of stuff and people are talking about like the whole mind control aspect and like being able to control your emotions and the cold showers and stuff, but now like it's starting if I venture too far in that direction, it could get a little bit like weird and preachy. And I don't want to become that podcaster. It's like, Oh, you could only take cold shower, you know, like, so it's, we're venturing on territory here where it's like now, like I'm like, I'm exploring appropriate mindfulness, but I'm not imposing it. But if like, if I start to get into the cold showers and the, and that sort of that, to that depth, I wonder if I'm playing with dangerous territory, you know? Oh, I will. I will snap you out of it if you start okay. taking cold showers. Okay. No, I'm still. I actually love. 
Uh, again, same thing with the water and the escape thing. Like, I love putting everything aside and taking a, a hot shower. I find, like, it sounds so freaking cliche, but, like, I love um, the space it affords me to think. However, there is a possibility that, like, one third of the way in the shower, an idea comes into my mind that I'm panicked about losing. <laughs> so I will just repeat over and over my head for the for the 66% of the shower that's left, which can ruin the shower. And that's like my primary thing with meditation too. Like you're supposed to like acknowledge your thoughts and let them pass. But sometimes I have a thought coming to my mind that I really want to hold on to <laughs> and I'm desperate to write it down. But like, it's like guided meditation. It's like, let the thoughts run past. And in my head, I'm like, keep the thought, keep the thought. So like, this is a central tenant of my existence. Um, and, and I, I have a regular problem in my life of not being able to discern actually how important a thought is. Like everything <laughs> feels vital. <laughs> yeah. I had my grandma used to like, I'm very forgetful. My grandma used to always say when I would forget that I wanted to say something and I would go, but it was important. She goes, if you forgot it, it must not have been very important. And my blood would <laughs> Boil, boil. Like it was the most important thing in the world, Grandma. It was going to change your life. But you know what? It's funny. It's funny. Like that's not even an exaggeration. Like when I forget something, like I picture what could have been. I, I like I I reverse catastrophize where it's like, well, there goes Miami. Like, <laughs> there, there goes the Nobel Prize I would have won. <laughs> For that project, even though I'm not even sure it was related to anything, it could have been related to like, I don't know, wanting to eat yogurt in the morning or something. Um, but maybe the yogurt would have given me that that real spur of energy I needed to create the Nobel Prize winning idea. It, it very well might have. It very well. Who, who can tell? So I think... Just to be safe, eat two yogurts tomorrow. Exactly. I think that's the, that's the main thing. I think one thing that we probably should touch upon just thinking about people's anxieties in the beaches is just, I'm sure there's a lot of people who aren't necessarily comfortable in their own skin and it's a difficult thing to want to go to, to the beach. I mean, I personally don't suffer too much from that. I'm not somebody who looks at myself in the mirror and like, go, you go, Chris, you know, but I've, I've accepted, you know, like I'm not going to have sculpted abs, but um, I try to make up for it with my boisterous and humorous personality. And, uh, and I've accepted that the, the beach, I'm not going to be the guy like, uh, when I went to Sydney, Australia, um, and just looked at all the people running at lunch with the rock hard abs, I just knew then and there that that couldn't be me ever. I wasn't going to be me. So I've more or less just accepted it. Um, I think Brie has a little bit more. She doesn't always feel great. I think she always looks great, but she doesn't always feel great. And um, so I don't have any really anxieties around that, around my, my body uh, at the beach, but I also recognize that that's probably a big thing for a lot of people. I don't know how, like if you're just like, ah, I'm good to go, whatever. But I, like, I personally don't have a huge challenge with that. I did when I was a little younger, but, um, but I, I'm, I, I thought we should at least bring it up because I'm sure there are some people that like the moment we mentioned anxieties about the beach, they were like, well, obviously it's going to be body related, but we haven't really talked about it. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's a major thing. It's something that I've made a lot of progress on, but I had an eating disorder in my teenage years. And so sort of recovering from the body dysmorphia and uh, just like accepting what is the true size of my body has been sort of like a challenge. I don't know. I just feel very disconnected from what my body actually looks like as a result of having an eating disorder and recovering from it. And so for a while, I would wear like, like very like almost like Mormon 
like approved <laughs> bathing suits, you know, and I was looking at a photo of myself and it looks like my, the, the shorts that I was wearing, like, cause I was wearing like swim shorts. It looks almost like a black censorship bar. And that was just sort of like, <laughs> and that was just like an aha moment. That was like, you know, you're in your twenties and you're not, you know, you're people of any size should wear whatever the hell they want. But me talking to myself, I'm like, you're a perfectly like reasonable human side. People would look at you and say, she looks healthy, you know? And I was yeah. covering myself up so much to the point where I was looking at myself and being like, why aren't you, why are you wearing so many, so much? And so ever since then, I've challenged myself to wear a slightly more, you know, age appropriate uh, things like string beanies, not like, you know, necessarily like going into like the, Instagram girl thong territory, but like, uh, but maybe not the more, but maybe not the, the you know, the, the more. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've retired the, uh, censorship bar boy shorts. Uh, those are long gone. <laughs> um, but for me, another thing that gives me anxiety is like, uh, just in, in, about summer in general. This is not necessarily beach specific. I've mostly recovered from, you know, my body image issues and I'm pretty happy with how I look. But I have major chub rub, which is, like, when your thighs, like, rub together if you're not wearing, like, pants or something. If you're, you know, just wearing, like, a dress or a bathing suit or whatever. And you can get, like, huge, like, chafing and, like, a rash. And every summer long, that's just something I struggle with. And it gives me so much anxiety and just, like, because I'm, you know, it's, like, I have a lot of sensory uh, awareness and um, I just feel the sensation of, like, my legs just, like, pow, 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 against each other, chafing all day when I'm walking around if I'm not wearing something to, like, you know, protect my legs from each other. And, like, all the different Vaselines and whatever, nothing works as well as just wearing pants, which is just miserable in the summer. So that's another thing that's sort of beach adjacent. But that gives me some anxiety. Like when summer rolls around, I'm like, oh God, it's chub rub season. Better, <laughs> better dust off all those, better unpack all my bicycle shorts for the summer because <laughs> that's what gets me through. <laughs> yeah. I, Brie, has, Brie has a similar sort of frustration in that regard. And she's, she's always carried, like got baby powder on the go um, in case it's necessary. And um, yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, I think that's, uh, it's great you shared some of those those anxieties. I'm sure people are going to relate to to the, to that, and um, and of course as well for for me as well. I think it's it's. I wanted to just acknowledge that even though that I'm, you know, I'm. I think I, I have, everyone has their own sort of issues with themselves, but I'm thankful that for the most part I've just come to terms with like, meh, you know what, I look like what I look like, but I, that took some time as well, and we all have our own challenges in that. Um, and it's a fine balance too, right? You just more want to be comfortable with yourself. Like, it's not like, it's not the other side of the beach culture, of course, is that 28% of the beach not only came to terms with themselves, but they think they're, you know, God's gift to the earth yeah. and, um, and be, and definitely portraying that. And there's, that's the one thing that I think it can make me anxious as the beach culture of, it mm -hmm. can be very broy and, uh, and very, and back when I was younger, I think I tried to fit into that and like would do like drink a whole bunch and be like all bananas and stuff. <clears throat> but I couldn't exactly discuss Kierkegaard 
<laughs> yeah. Hey, muscle man, have you uh have you heard about this? I I, I don't know what Kierkegaard's philosophies are, so you're gonna have to finish the joke for me here. Oh, it's Soren Kierkegaard. Um, yeah, what's his? Well, actually, he's he's kind of crosses the boundaries into everything. He's like one of those guys that was like he's a. You know, he was a philosopher, but also this and that and this and that and this and that. Um, I guess I'm trying to think of what I guess he's known as the he's like the, the king of existentialism. Um, OK. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that that would be the easy way to to. And he also, to a certain extent, like he just with some success and some failure, tried to like really analyze or like take apart some parts of the Christian faith and prop other parts up. And so, you know, that never goes terribly well. Um, (laughs) But, but anyways, he's, he's also, he's actually one of those guys that's philosopher plus a thousand other things. Doesn't that kind of piss you off though? It's like, can't you just be good at like one or two things like the rest of us? Like when I hear about like how Leonardo da Vinci was like a painter and a scientist and inventor, I'm just like, come on, dude, lower the bar. (laughs) We're just like, well, I thrive uh, with anxiety. Um, I'm, you know, it's like my, my slash list, I think is, I think I'm actually a pretty eclectic person, not, uh, in any way comparing myself to Soren Kierkegaard, because that would be with bananas. Um, I probably shouldn't use that term around you, bananas. But <laughs> Yeah, this is the second time, Chris, you're skating on thin ice with me, but I guess you like that because you like frozen lakes. So whatever, so, Canadian. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm happy to be a lot of different things, but I, you know, not to go on too much of a, this can be for another episode, but I also... At the same time, too, I'm, I'm like in awe of somebody that can be all of those things, but be amazing in all of them. Like, I feel like for me, somebody who battles some, some, some demons around ADHD, I think actually for the most part, ADHD, I kind of, I feel like it's kind of like a superpower in some respects for me, but it, but it can, it, you can have a propensity to do 10 things at once and not necessarily any of them great. So it takes a lot of discipline to make sure you're actually starting things and finishing them. It's like, it's, it's, all too common for people um, who have ADHD to have like 15 things on the go, but none of them really going at the same time or in any cohesive way. Um, so back to the original point, I mean, somebody who started things and then not only finished them, but like rose to the top of 85 disciplines, you're just like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Not fair. Not fair. Not, not fair at all. Let me throw a historical spit one at you, you nerd. <laughs> I love it. I'm so I'm 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 thrilled that this podcast we stay loosely on track, but get so far off track as well. It's just <laughs> it's my favorite part of it all. Yeah, we've really ran all over this metaphorical beach. I think so. Um, also, running on the beach. Yeah, I was going to say why? we probably got to talk about this. So, why? 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 Um, it's maybe it's good for the, for the muscles, you know, you're, you're, it's a little bit more difficult. I don't, I personally don't run on the beach. I'm, I, I'm a big fan of the shoeless long walk on the beach with podcast. Um, if, if the beach is not too soft, if the beach is too soft, then I feel like it's a challenge given by Satan himself. 
Really? I'm in favor of soft beaches. I, I'm looking for medium, but I'm talking about like soft <laughs> beaches where like you sink. Here's the thing. 210 pounds on the beach does not sink gracefully. Okay. Um, and I'm, um, if you know anything about me, is I'm not exactly soft on my feet. Like my downstairs neighbors at my apartment must hate me with every ounce of themselves. Um, and so the beach for me presents challenges uh, when it's too soft because I just sink in okay. and, the, and the recovery is difficult. I see. Okay. I can, I can get that. Um, the thing that really gets me about running on the beach, sand in your shoes. Okay. That, that, why, why would you, why would you do that to yourself? Mm. Do you hate yourself? Like <laughs> why, why would you put yourself through that? And that's another thing that makes me really anxious about the beach as well is the inevitable presence of sand everywhere for weeks years to come who knows who knows and just the inescapability of sand and having to deal with that not a fan and i will say i'm actually quite a fan i spent um like a couple months uh, a few years ago uh like on the albanian riviera and montenegro that whole area where it's all mostly like pebble beaches and as long as you have some like water shoes, that's actually kind of my ideal beach if you can get like a chair and stuff because you don't deal with the sand. And it's not like the best for like walking necessarily. So it's not like a long walk on the beach kind of beach. But like if you just want like, you know, a drink, a chair, and like really gorgeous water and uh, no sand, I love it. I love it. Sign me up. But, Sign but me the up. one caveat is that some of the, sometimes if the stones are too dark in nature, they get obscenely hot. That's true as well. That is also true. Yeah. Well, the balance, the fine balance. But I do see your point. I do see your point there. Yeah, I'm happy we discussed the merits of pebble versus sand beaches. I'm happy we got stopped talking about a philosopher and then started talking about philosophy of beaches. And... For, I I, um, I agree. The sand everywhere thing, it used to drive me absolutely bananas. Particular, oh, I'll stop saying it. I'll stop saying it. I'm sorry. It used to drive me absolutely grapes. And um, <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I never noticed how much I say that phrase. It's kind of alarming. So, <laughs> as I was trying to say before I got uh, turned around three to four times, I think the amount. The sand in the shoes drives me nuts, and but I've come to terms with it over the years that it's just a part of it. But whenever I visit friends in places where they're near the beach, like their house, it's just it's just an inescapable amount of sand in the house, and and that's just the thing. That's just the thing you deal with, I guess. I think for the most part, we've covered a lot of uh, of the things that I that I had written down to talk about with the old beach thing. Um, you know, I had a few things underlined, uh, mainly the philosophy and such. Uh, did you, did, did you have any other, um, big talking points for, for being anxious about the beach? Uh, no, I think I will say that I have grown less anxious about the beach over time. I still, I actually do like the beach, even though I'm anxious about it. And I think that's something that's kind of like, you know, important to highlight here is like 
a lot of these topics aren't necessarily things that like we hate. Um, there, you know, there are things that you can like that you can also be anxious about. And so for me, I do like going to the beach, but then there are aspects of being at the beach that I'm just like, Oh God, I forgot about this part. Oh God, this part. And so, uh, right now though, I would love to be at the beach. Like my dream is being at the black sea, spending like a week there this summer. So, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that, you know, the pandemic situation will ease up a little bit enough to the point where we can travel around uh, domestically soon enough. um, Mm -hmm. Because I feel like if I don't get to dip my toes in the Black Sea by the end of the summer, (laughs) I will be a very sad person. Fair. I think that's a really good point, actually, bringing it up that I I actually like the beach, too. And I should say I didn't really used to like the beach, but I've grown to like the beach. And now I kind of relish the chance to actually separate. I think in a sense, we're both just having a little fun with the idea of the idea that we're anxious about the beach, but the podcast isn't called, I hate the beach, you know, <laughs> you know or like, I hate the whatever. It's mostly just, it, I think it's like a large part of this podcast is really just thinking about things you might actually really like or love, but you still are anxious about certain aspects of it. And, and I think in a lot of ways, that's the fun of it because you're, you're almost, uh, you take something that's whole and then sort of split it apart and talk about why, why you might be a little bit anxious and, and probably people will realize after a certain amount of time that if you have anxiety, you know, generally speaking, it's going to extend to everything you do a little bit. And, uh, yeah. and that can be in a, an obsessive way, like the way you approach it, it, it might not be like, it might not even be anything to do with, oh, I'm nervous about going to the beach. It just might be something about it makes you feel, I don't know, a little uppity, you know, like, and that's, and that's yeah. okay too. Yeah. Just like a physical sensation of like some mild trepidation. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, in this, in this, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, that's just generally how I feel. It's like. Let's go to the beach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The commitment. You're like, I think, I think so. It, for, it's the same thing with movies for me sometimes. Like someone like, for you, will be like, let's put this on really excitedly. And I'd be like, I think so. <laughs> Maybe. You know what? So, I just have a problem with movies because of the commitment. Like it's, it's weird. It's like, I can easily watch like four episodes of a television show in a row, uh, which is much more attention time. But then uh, I I have a much harder time committing to watch a movie, which is much shorter attention time. But just because like I know I have to pay attention the whole way through, it's a lot of pressure. And stop. You can you know that no matter what happens, you're only committing to. 50 minutes or whatever for a show, but you're committing yeah. to two hours for a movie. And if it gets split up, you might never watch the second half of it. And exactly. anyways, we'll have to do an episode on movies. We will. We sure. will. Yeah. So I think, I think we've covered beaches pretty well. Um, and I think we can always, we can say that we are both a little anxious about the beach, but we both got some love for it as well. So that's pretty good. Um, and I think we came to a place where we talked about a few things that, you know, a few ways we felt good about, the beach and um, and I think we can pat ourselves on the back back for that, which leads to our segment at the end, uh, which is 
something else that we can pat ourselves on the back for. So this little segment at the end is just uh, our way of ending things on a positive note because we can all use a little bit of positivity and we spend most of this uh, <laughs> Most of this podcast just like riffing on things and and uh, and so it's fun to to end uh, on a little bit of a positive note. So we don't have any restrictions, whether that's you know it could be anything that you're patting yourself on the back for. Uh, back for it could have happened eight minutes ago while we were talking. It could have happened three days ago, a year ago, whatever. Um, but do you want to talk about anything you're patting yourself on the back for that mm-hmm. happened? Uh, yeah, sure. Not so recently. I have been uh, keeping up with an exercise routine fairly well while I'm uh, in home isolation. And uh, exercise has always been something that I have struggled with because, like, uh, I used to use exercise as sort of like a punishment or like weight management control tool when I had anorexia. And so for me, exercise has always been sort of like coded as like something that you do to punish yourself when you've been bad. And it's been really hard, like overriding that and thinking of exercise as something that I do because I love myself and want to take care of my body. And, um, it's actually been really challenging for me to develop like any sort of consistency with exercise, but I'd say about five days out of the last week, I stuck to uh, doing Pilates and some yoga, and I'm feeling really proud of myself that I am sort of overcoming my own issues with exercise and starting to view it in a more healthy or at least more neutral light where it's neither like punishment nor panacea. It's just something in between. Like, so this is something I can do that makes me feel good. And if I miss a day, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, happy about that. Happy about incorporating some exercise and, uh, how it's been making, uh, me feel a little better in terms of my mood and my sleep, especially my sleep. It's really helping me sleep better. For sure. I think exercise can have that effect. Um, I think that's wonderful, by the way. I think it's, it's great. And, and, um, it makes sense. I think for, there's probably a lot of people who, who would, you know, say like, Oh, I have to exercise now because I eat, I ate too much or so on and so forth. When really in a lot of ways, I think the way you frame that is really powerful. Actually, just you're exercising because you love yourself and want to take care of yourself, not because you're punishing a past self for something that's already happened. Right. Like, I guess that's a big thing with anxiety for me is just trying to trying trying to make sure I'm living in the present, you know, and, and it's so easy with anxiety to either chastise yourself further for something that happened in the past or catastrophize something that hasn't even happened and won't happen in all likelihood. So just like living in the present and being, um, and just saying like, I'm going to exercise because it makes me feel good right now. Um, and I'm taking care of myself right now. Like, I think that's a really wonderful sentiment. So Firstly, just awesome for sure. Awesome uh, that you shared that with everybody. So thank you for that. Um, what about yourself, Chris? What are you patting yourself on the back for this week? So um, I, I th- I'm patting myself on the back for realizing that despite the fact that I'm working from home and the optics look relatively similar to what my normal schedule looks like, that I've um, I've adapted my schedule because I know that. I don't have access to the outside as what in the ways I did before. And that means that I have to just treat the day a little bit differently. So 
really what that looks like for me is that I'm, I'm waking up in the morning and I'm easing into the day a little bit more before I do anything. I'm writing down my intentions for the day and what I'm hoping to do and what a successful day would look like. And then I kind of do a brief sweep of my phone and just really not to get too deep in anything, but just to make sure I'm not, I'm giving myself a quick look over, over things so that I know I can move into relaxation mode and, and, and I know that there's nothing going to be looming that doesn't exist. Um, so I'll do a quick, quick sweep of that. And then I get up, eat some breakfast, have some tea, and then I'm doing some meditation and some stretching. So basically the big thing is that I used to kind of get to work and then I would worry about exercise later in the day. But now I'm realizing that I just need to alter my schedule a bit. And I'm now taking the time every morning to meditate for at least 10 minutes and to stretch for around 10 minutes. And then I know that no matter whatever else happens, I've kind of set myself up for a little bit of a, a better day. I have a little bit of my energy out there. I think a big problem for me right now is I can feel trapped sometimes. And sometimes that like overwhelm, it become, can be a little overwhelming physically almost like I could feel like I need to go and run on a treadmill for five hours and uh, that doesn't work. And, and that's led me to like, it'll be a terrible day. It would be really blustery, but I'll, I'll still decide I need to bike 20 kilometers and I'll come back like a frayed animal. <laughs> and be like, Why did you do this? You know? And so I'm trying to be more uh, proactive in just realizing that like for me, meditation is not the easiest for me. It's not one of those things that comes naturally to me. But I'm enjoying the challenge of waking up every morning and uh, and entertaining the idea that I could be somebody who meditates. And I am finding it's paying some dividends, you know, things which I think probably could set me off a little bit more. They're just like it's enabling me to keep things around that four or five level when it used to be, you know, or could be in the past that something would go from zero to 10 so quickly or zero to 15. You yeah. know? So I'm patting myself on the back for understanding that. Um, if I really want like, I might not be having full quote unquote productive days where like, I used to work from, you know, whatever, nine to five, whatever it was. But like, now I'm just grateful that I've provided myself an opportunity to get some hours of productivity in, uh, while accepting that, like, I, I won't be able to do anything if I don't have my mental health, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Very nice. Yeah, I think it's always it's always hard, like because we think so much about our days in terms of productivity, you know. And I think that that can be a real trap for people with anxiety because sometimes it's just too all encompassing, and you need to take a day off. And sometimes, but you can't also then procrastinate on everything as well. And it's like it's sort of this balancing act that I always have to play, at least with my own productivity to sort of capture the moments where I'm super capable and I feel really on top of things like mentally and giving myself the space to have a down day when the anxiety is just overwhelming. So productivity has always been a bit of a challenge, but that's really great that you are finding a routine that is enabling you to feel productive and feel sane during these times when it, it can be quite challenging when you don't have your freedom of movement in the same way that you're used to. Yeah. And I guess just the other thing too, would just be for listeners in general, just, I would just consider redefining pro, pro, like productivity. You know, I, I didn't put meditation or stretching into the quote unquote productive category, but it's kind of undeniable that that's part of what's helping me be productive. And so I can't, just by the, just because it's not sitting at a desk writing something, I can't, I, I need to make sure that I widen my 
understanding of what's productive right now. Yeah. So that's something, something else too. Um, and, um, I think that that about wraps up this segment and, and I'm, I'm happy to say, I think this was another great episode. I, I, and whether people enjoyed listening, who can tell <laughs> talking with you. And uh, that being said, if people do decide, you know what, I just love that banter. I want to get more of these guys in their life. Where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on social media on all the channels. I'm at eternal arrival, which is the name of my primary travel blog which is on a little bit of a hiatus, uh, we should say. I also blog at Sophia Adventures, uh, life about my life uh, here in Bulgaria, as well as traveling around the rest of the Balkans. And I have started a food blog because apparently three businesses is not enough. And um, I have been, <laughs> I have been uh, posting on that semi regularly. Uh, food from around the world and documenting uh, my attempts to create food from around the world in my Bulgarian kitchen. Uh, so that's the passportkitchen.com. Uh, so those are my projects at the moment. Sweet. Fantastic. So if they go and find you and they decide, Hey, I want a little Chris in my life. You can find me at travelingrich.com, um, which is not necessarily on a hiatus, but certainly on a little bit of a pivot as far as what I'm writing about. I think I'm just feeling a little bit more comfortable writing from the heart. So I'm writing about some of the things that are helping me, like how I'm building out schedules and uplifting podcasts I'm listening to and so on and so forth. So people can find those there. Um, one thing which is a little bit on a hiatus, but is really we're going to be ramping up soon because I think you mentioned this before, but I think probably local travel or regional travel is going to happen before international travel. So ultimateontario.com, if you're coming to the province of Ontario, which includes Toronto and Ottawa and so forth, um, that's uh, that's the place where you'll find that. And we're, we're kind of ramping up our social channels around that as well. And beyond that, um, I kind of just always say, if you're based in Toronto and a content creator, the Toronto Bloggers Collective has your back right now. We're doing all sorts of stuff there. But um, I guess the other big thing that we're doing right now is this, and that's uh, exciting enough for me. We're going to be continuing to record episodes and um, trying to come at you consistently once a week because I can't think of anything worse for anxiety than a podcast which doesn't come out on schedule. <laughs> no, no, that's horrible. How do you know what day of the week it is? <laughs> I don't know what day of the week it is, but that's okay. Yeah, what, what are days of the week? I just see like a blur where sometimes it's dark and sometimes it's light. <laughs> it's just a construct, man. Someone referred to uh, a day as Blur's Day, and I was like, oh, that's genius. I don't remember where I saw that, but like, you know, Blur, Thursday, I don't know. It, I, I like thought, it. I, it works more when you see it in writing than me saying it with a it little bit of me. trepidation. Okay. Okay. I was a little nervous. The joke wouldn't translate so well without it being written down, but <laughs> Blur's day. Blur's day is the only day of the week I know right now. Yeah. So, uh, from, uh, from all of us, i.e. the two of us, uh, I'm anxious about, we wish you a happy Blur's day and take care. <laughs> Bye-bye.
Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of I'm Anxious About. Uh, you'll have your normal intro in a minute, but um, I just wanted to let you know and pop in here really quickly to let you know that for one reason or another, the audio quality isn't perfect on this episode, especially on my recording. I think the mic was up too high. Anyways, um, just letting you know that uh, we're striving to get better each and every episode. You know, as you would know if you've been listening, we were nervous about this uh, in the first place. But uh, we're trying our best here and, and just letting you know that we've recorded a few episodes now and this is the only one that we kind of feel is a little iffy on the on the recording. So we apologize for that and uh, we'll do our best to make sure it doesn't happen again. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We appreciate it and I hope you enjoy.